Yes, hello everybody. It is Thursday here in the UK and it is nine. So that means it's UK Cowboys time. How are we doing, guys? You all alright out there? Yeah, oh, good week good so far. Ah, yeah. all right, I suppose. Great down this end. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, we can we can imagine why. Yeah, I'll be having yeah. Italian. I'll be having Italian tonight. You're saying that, mate. You you lot have supported four teams and still not won a game this competition. <laughs> Listen, we know, like I said, Jamie, like I said, we know that we're shit. We know it, and we accept that. <laughs> I still love you. I, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys, uh, it is. Season 2, episode 123, 123, in the off-season program still, so the positional breakdown series, looking at, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, you all know this position all too well, the safety position this week, uh, so should be uh, a lot of fun this one, um, but before we get into that, before I do the news and updates that we start every show with, I, I suppose we'll go around the house and ask everybody at home as well. What do you guys feel about the safety position? Is it a position that concerns you, or do you think because of the type of role the safety plays, you're not that bothered? Which is what the Cowboys really have told us in, in the past of what of what they're, they're like with this position. But I'll ask you guys before I keep babbling on, what do you think of the safety position for the Cowboys? One word, Finn. Ar Arnie's worried. Yep. I, can, I can just hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Paul hit the nail on the head, and I think, I think that the shock more was that I think we we, we all thought we we're going to address it in the draft, and we just not that mm -hmm. I'm complaining about the draft class because the draft class was brilliant, but like I say there, there was some there was still some good safeties on the board at certain at certain points, and we 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 neglected to to address it. Yeah, we've we, we've certainly we've addressed it a little bit in free agency, but I mean. Mm. You know, we've we've brought in guys that have question marks against them, injury question marks most of all. Um, you know, so this is something that uh, we don't. It's a sort of X factor. We don't know what we're getting this year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and some somebody actually asked Broad, uh, Brian Broaddus this uh, this morning. You know, should should we be worried about the safeties? And you know, Brian's certainly worried about the safeties. So. Um, I think I think it was pretty fortuitous timing for me to read that this morning. So <laughs> I know there's I, I know there's 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 the all the thing about Neil being able to play back there a little bit. He did that in Atlanta, didn't he? And um, yeah, did, did I, am, am, I, am I right in reading somewhere that that potentially um, Cox could potentially drop back there a little bit as well? He did a little bit of that LSU. I mean, you could, but I wouldn't want yeah. to. I yeah. want to keep him in the linebacker position. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I, said, I mean, if we don't address it anymore, then it's not ideal, is it? But I suppose at least we've got it. But... For 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 rookies, you've got to keep it as simple as possible, you know. Mm. So. Yeah. yeah, And, and especially with, with the way the, 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 the linebacker position is, which we've gone over, is that really a position you want to start messing around with as well? Especially with some of them on... On cloud bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm um, not too so... concerned about the safety position um, because, no, on, Give... like, you've, I mean, you, you just have to, you just have to look at the, the kind of age of our our cornerbacks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you really want to throw a rookie into the mix at safety as well? At least our, at least our guys have played a bit in the league. Um, I know Keanu Neal will probably play most of his stuff at linebacker and so on. Um, doesn't strike me that the Cowboys are too concerned about the safety position either because, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to tell in the draft because Richie Grant went four places before we picked. Um, mm. Could he have been the, the, the pick? That we've we've waited on for so long. We'll, we'll, we'll never know. We will never. They'll never say. You know, we were waiting on Richie Grant. So, um, but just just in terms of recent history, they haven't addressed it um, in the At draft. All. They've they've yeah. kind of patched it. Um, like they, they haven't gone after any of the, the high caliber players that were available for trade or anything yeah. like that. They've not competed to pay money for any, anybody in the past. Um, there's been certain individuals that we go, won't go into that have stayed off a roster for the entire season that they could have gone after. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, again, this time last year, I'm sitting there going, "Well, we address safety," and then we <laughs> we find out that he wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Didn't even make it through training camp. Well, yeah, exactly. So, who knows? I mean, at, at least they're not rookies. That's what, that's what I'm looking at. at yeah. And the good news is, is the guys we have got, we can go into in-depth and give you the pros and the cons and make you all feel either worse or better by the end of this show, but we'll <laughs> see how that gets on. <laughs> uh, but let's get into, guys, some news and updates. So the biggest news that we haven't spoken about yet on this show that came out last week is Hard Knocks. So... Let's get into it, guys. What are your thoughts and feelings on this? And I'll give you my little hot take about what some of the people on our page and group spoke about. We can try and alleviate some of that worries. But let's go around the house. Hard knocks. How do you feel? Love it. Just the fact Good. that what was it? When was the last time when it? When it? I'm thinking is it a couple of years after Romo took took over the? Um, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 then, I, thought, I thought it was all seven, but yeah, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, also, and we and as as much as I enjoyed the the all or nothing, um, like, which is, there's just something about hard knocks in there that it's just it's just a bit different. So yeah, I'm looking it forward gave, to it. Bring it, on. it. It gets you excited for the season ahead. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. regardless whoever it is you're watching, just watching mm. the training camp, all that. But for us. Mm. It gets us a more insighted, like a mega passes and all these new players, and maybe some of these veterans have not played with the Cowboys before. Like I'm excited about that, but at the same time, I'm I'm pretty much and I'm fifty fifty. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. Is sorry, Paul. You say one of the things I like about it as well is you, you get to kind of see the personalities of the players because you don't see that yeah. a lot. That's and that's, the that's one. one of the things I enjoyed about it. Mm. I say, like, you always, like, when it booked, when it the books the other year and, and you, you got to see a lot of Gronk and it's good to see him in that kind of environment. Yeah, and what you don't get with All or Nothing is you don't get that. You don't get that feeling of the closeness of the personalities. Mm. And, you know, they do. It seems with Hard Knocks, it's more of a humanitarian where All or Nothing is about, what it's like to be in an American football team for a season. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's that feel to it. Mm. Um I'm looking, forward, I, to, I'm looking yeah, forward to watching McCarthy. I can't <laughs> I can't wait to, to see McCarthy because 
Um, I think a lot of people will be surprised at how quickly he, he can lose a temper when things aren't mm. going well. Um, he yeah. always strikes he always strikes me as the calm and collected customer in front of the cameras, and he doesn't lose his, his patience on the sideline. But um, I kid you not, he, he, he can lose his temper when, it, when it's not going properly. Mm. Um, I mean, also the fact that we're one of those teams that, that love the cameras. You I mean you won't yeah. ever see you'll never see the Packers on hard knocks. I guarantee you that you'll never because they're one of the teams they just like to keep out the road. So watch for McCarthy come into the, the spotlight a little bit and look forward to enjoy it. And I'm going to... Oh, go on, go on, Paul. I'll let you go. Yeah, like, that's the kind of thing I'm kind of worried about is the whole spotlight is people like... This is the thing, like, I, I love the fact we're getting the coverage, we're getting to see, we us as fans get to see the players, but at the same time, I, I'm more worried about the players want to be on camera, if you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah. The, there's two there's two sort of concerns I have is that as soon as these guys are on camera, they're this they kind of stop being players. They actually become a bit of an actor as well. Exactly. So you know you've got that, and then history shows that when we've been selected for hard knocks or all or nothing, um, we've missed the playoffs. So back in 2000, 2001, 2002 with Dave Campo, we were 5 and 11. I think we were 7 and 9 in 2000. Uh, sorry, 9 and, 9 and 7, 2007. Then the year that we were in um, All or Nothing was 9 and 7 as well. And we just missed out on the playoffs on that one. That was the, the 6 0 Philadelphia game to finish the season. So. Yeah, that was the, that was the well, season that went to two games. Up. Do, do you know the only? I thing, mean, like, go on, go on, Jay. I was, I was just going to say, do you know the only kind of thing if, if you had to nitpick about um, all or nothing. Sorry, not all or nothing about hard knocks. Is you know, you get to see a lot of stuff, but you never really see kind of somebody like a general manager or a head coach kind of absolutely lose the shit and like throw stuff around the. Because <laughs> I'm I'm sure, during, especially through like say through training camp. You know what I mean? Like they sign a big name player and it, it don't go right, or something. Mm, actually, drug ban, and you don't really get to see a lot of that there. Yeah. No, I do remember when the Texans were on. You seen Bill O'Brien absolutely flip his lid. He completely lost it right. in one. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, it was like it was on a goal line, and they they ended up getting a flag on on like the third was... attempt, and then they went round again, and he, they still didn't score, and you just watched him go, and you're like, yep, yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, but I, I did want to... Oh, go on. Go on, Paul. I, I, you I, was just, I, I was just saying, yeah, I, I actually do kind of remember that from the text. Yeah. It's like, well, Brian was shit. Then, then there was the transparency when he was more focused on the defensive side. He's like, put, yeah. J, put JJ Watt in there, I want him in there, and then you see him make yeah. that big, massive play. Literally. And you do kind of see his abrasive attitude as well in it. Um, but that's what you get with Hard Knocks. But I do want to say what Graham was saying about with Mike McCarthy, because I do want to see what it's like behind the scenes when Mike McCarthy's doing a press conference. You might not get it this year because he's obviously he's had a year being the head coach. So he's got used to doing press conferences again. 
But I do hope we see one of the ones where he slips up in a press conference again, and then you see the behind the scenes of them just all going, "Oh, Mike, no, not again! What have you said?" It's, 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 it's funny how you mention that, Mike. Like when you kind of well, and what Lauren was saying as well, when it comes to all or nothing, when you kind of compare Mike McCarthy, Jason Garrett, the like, oh, yeah. see two completely different coaches here, mm-hmm. like. Because from I don't know if if memory serves me right, I don't know even recall seeing Jason Witten lose his trap. Like you would expect him, like he'll raise his voice, but not like not like going absolutely mental ballistic, throwing the toys at the pram type of angry. But well, but I, I mean, can, I can see that way McCarthy though, McCarthy. I mean, the the one thing about all or nothing is that Garrett did surprise a lot of people with the number yeah. of times he used the f bomb. You know, so and yeah, actually chewed out, play, chewed out the players in meetings and what have you. So, but yeah. he, still, he still sounds like a nice guy when he says it, though. That's the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, where's Mike McCarthy? He'll be like us with a Scottish tongue, say, Oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, and then you have Jason Witten, uh, no, Jason Witten, Jason Guy's like, Ah, fuck, he'll be like that. That's the comparison, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the one thing I will say, because a lot of people brought it up about hard knocks being a distraction, is I think if there's any team in the NFL where something like hard knocks wouldn't be a distraction would be the Cowboys, purely on the basis that there's already so mm. much media attention and media crews already there that – and you got to remember, they try and make these shows like Hard Knocks as like, I suppose, invasive. They try not to make it as invasive as possible. So the cameras are, are already pre-put in place and they're all on yeah. balls and swivels. It's, it's, it's like, like, it's Big like CCTV. Like, it's yeah, like, like Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you think these guys, they're already so used to so much media being around them already. I think, like, with the Cowboys, it's one of the few teams. Yeah, it's one of the few teams that can hand and just be like, it's just another ordinary day for us. Yeah. That's, I mean, I remember one day when uh, when I went to the Star, and it was after a yeah. training session, me and Shannon were walking down after we did the Hanging With The Boys podcast, and you see the It's num- a lot. No, 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 honestly, the number of mm. news outlets, local TV based, yeah, na- national, international, just to get an interview, maybe with like Satyron Crawford or even get mm. an interview with LVE or something like that. And I thought, Jesus, man, like, like yeah. you're talking about more than the size of the locker room, there was more than 55 guys going out, yeah, and they allow it, and they allow it, yeah, yeah, like, like, there's like, like no, look at the Broncos. No Look at, like, look at, no room to breathe, pretty much. Yeah, look at the Broncos. The Broncos last, no, not last year, the year before, in the entire like training pre. I can remember it coming up during the entire like preseason camp and all the rest of it. The only time they allowed the media and the press in was for one day. The Cowboys can't even go an hour. No, uh, I mean you, you just take a, and I know we've mentioned his name quite a lot. Look at when. Um, when Dak balled that rookie year and, and, to, and Tony Romo did the press conference to say, look, this is Dak's team. Like the, the, the press room was absolutely rammed just for literally for a, the, 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 for, for a, a press conference that, that no one was allowed to ask questions for. It's crazy. Put it well, this way, there, was, there was at least 60 news outlets that day. Yeah. And, and, I think there was all the different divisions within NFL, NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Local yeah. Dallas, now local, in, yeah, like and not, and not, not, not even Dallas yeah. or across, 
Mental. And they're all told, all told that they're not allowed to ask questions, but they just wanted to be there to be part of it. And like you're saying, it's it's yeah. crazy. Just the coverage of this of that team is is insane. You get the pressure well, before like, you sign the contract. You like they signed Dak Prescott. You know what was that back in February, March? Mm. And yep. they hold a press conference to say we've signed Dak Prescott. They still managed to make that last two hours. I turned <laughs> it off that's after Jerry, like. Though. That's yeah, scary. I know it's just Jerry. He's gonna milk it, but like I, I like that's just an example of the press that they're used to, and even the players like you know like Dak. That mm-hmm. I can remember, I watched about forty minutes of it, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's enough. And I went off and I had dinner. I came back and I was like, this is still on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I swear to you, mate, if there's one thing I would love to do is actually have a sit down with Jerry and just learn how to turn a tub into gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, honestly, I don't know how he does it. He makes some bad situations. Remember the whole um, Siku situation? He, mm. turned that, he turned that bad situation into a gold mine by the merchandise. I mean, who does that? Really? Well, the, yeah. the, the, other, the other one as well, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a programme called The League, which was about fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that with Taco. Was, that other guy yeah, called Taco, in it? Yeah, and it had, it was based on a true story. If you actually mm. asked Derek Eagleton about it, there was a period where Derek actually had to come in on a I think it was on a Saturday because he'd got the email saying your the domain name's about to become available, you know, because you haven't you haven't paid for it and he had to dash in and get the credit card out and make <laughs> the payment for for the domain name. So that's where that storyline came across. Um, so I mean and you know, ha- having those guys running through the training camp, even for e- God knows how many takes that took to film that scene where they were running through to determine who was getting the first round draft pick. Um, you know, that must have that must have taken up half a day at least. I've just realised, guys, we've actually won twenty minutes. And we're still on news and updates, <laughs> yeah. and I haven't even got through all of them yet. We're on the first story. We haven't got. <laughs> we so like all right. We'll get through the other ones. I actually found out, which is actually a little bit of a news exclusive, but I found out that last week the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy got fined a hundred grand, um, a hundred thousand uh, dollars for OTA infringements. Do you know what it was for? I actually found out exactly what it's for, and we right, posted the video on our social media. <laughs> That you know the very impressive uh, CD Lamb catch that he made, and I think it's Jordan Lewis, perhaps, or it might be Anthony Brown that tried to make the tackle. Tried to. Well, that was what they got fined for because um, the defensive back and CD Lamb made contact with each other in in OTAs. It's non-contact. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's what it's for. Uh, (laughs) You think you straight off the bat? It'd be nothing. It'd be it, that's what it was for. Nothing. You you think that's bad? And then I went on to find out what the Jags got fined for. They run on the very first day. Bear in mind, it's Urban Meyer's first day as a head coach running OTAs, and they decided to run right in front of all the NFL officials and Oklahoma drill. <laughs> <laughs> And that's we true. were talking about that last week as well. Yeah, yeah. That's why me and Lorna are laughing a bit more. <laughs> yeah, and that and the 49ers was something 
very similar to the Cowboys, so it, it wasn't that much. But yeah, that was that. In other news, Amari Cooper uh, recovering from a leg injury. People are asking questions. He is 50-50 whether he's going to be there for week one of training camp. Uh, definitely will be um, healthy and fit and playing week one of the regular season. So it's going to be somewhere in between. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, in other news of fines, Washington football team have been fined over a million dollars. Now, we won't nice. go into too much detail on this because it is... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> we need to be politically... It really is. It really, really is. Um, we posted a little comment up on our social media. Uh, Snyder is, in fact, banned from the facilities. Wife has taken over uh, head of operations because things have got so bad. There's all sorts from sexual harassment, um, uh, unprofessional behavior. Uh, they even had to bring the police in to protect the cheerleader team. Uh, things got so bad there. So... Oh yeah, close yeah. The fuckers down. <laughs> so things are pretty bad. So when you turn around and you say, "Yeah, the Cowboys got fined a hundred grand for CD Lamb and a defensive back falling into each other," this is nothing in comparison. I, I, people are in fact, and I've been keeping a close eye on it. People are asking for the Schneider family to sell the team off and just disappear, and like all their little compadres and what have you below them. Things are that bad. I, I need to see this. It's really bad. So I didn't. I didn't. So, was it? Was it one of Snyder's sisters? Am, am I thinking? Am I thinking the charges? Try to try to force through a sale and try to push it through the courts. I can't remember if it was. There were a lot of people no, asking for them to um, sell. That's that's somebody else. That's uh, was that Oakland at one point with a Vegas idea? No. Uh, was it San Diego? San Diego, Wales. that was it. Wales, on, but I, I need to say this though, like for a team that's supposed to be in the capital of America, like the actual main capital of America, right? Where all the mm-hmm. they have a team that represents all that stuff in that state. Like it, it, it's God, it's shocking, absolutely shocking. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is a bad, a bad, it's it's not going to end well that one. Um, no. so we, we keep an eye on it. Uh, then in other news, yeah, there was also the Dak Prescott interview where he spoke about the nasty leg break that happened in week five. Uh, as they were talking about it, he actually gave away a little secret that when he was grabbing his leg, that wasn't him grabbing in pain. He was actually trying to push the bone back in so he could continue to play. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, man. Crazy. Um, so that is, if you want to go and watch that interview, we'll try and find it and post it up on our social media. But he was, in fact, trying to put the bone back in so he could go and make a play. <sighs> no. And in the last bit of news and updates uh, is, of course, uh, the Nation Right article that we've written up. Just a little something about um, about what we feel about him. That's gone up. So go take a read. It's a little something for you guys. But, yes, let's get into it then, guys. <laughs> Position breakdown series. This is, in fact, the last of the defensive... Uh, side of the ball for the position breakdown series, and then we're on to the special teams. Then we're into camp. It's almost uh, like 
it's almost like we timed this like very perfectly, <laughs> like we knew when camp was going to start. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm not here for special teams next week. And you know, I love a good kicker and a punter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here. <laughs> well, I mean, where do you want to start? Should we start with the free safety and work back, or do you want to start with a strong safety and work forward? Which way do you guys want to work it? Six and a half a dozen. This is very true. Uh, where are we? Okay, for some reason, I have lost a little bit. So let's start with. Um, I tell you what, we'll start with the strong side. Uh, and one of my favourite players, uh, we'll start with Donovan Wilson, strong safety, Texas A&M. So I'll get your... <laughs> yes. Yeah, we knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll start here, right, guys? And let me just get all my details up on him. Um, but first of all, in terms of what Donovan Wilson done last year, guys... I think it's safe to say if he continues on the trend, I still think he needs to develop some more, I think is a a nice way to put it. But if he continues on the trend, I think the Cowboys have pretty much struck gold um, with Donald. What do you guys make so far in terms of what he's done for the Cowboys? I really really want to say that um, Brian hit the nail on the head, but no, I've... I've, What, that comment on Neil? No, 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 no. I, <laughs> so, I tell you what, if, if, if Silverstone's in Ireland next week and I'm screwed, because I'm going to the wrong place, but yeah, um, about his, rub- his Wilson, his rubbish uh, comment, no, he's, um, he, he's kind of, like you say, under the radar, and that's what I like about some of these players on this roster, that we've got mm-hmm. a lot of them players that are under the, under the radar, don't get a lot of credit for what they do, but make some big players, yep. and, and he's definitely on that, on that, um, is it? I won't say he's really, that's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean. He's on that tra- trajectory that you know he he is an up up and coming star. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the plays that he made plays that he made against Minnesota last year, um, and you know he's 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 bringing some physicality to the the safety position, something that we haven't had for a long time. Mm. Um, True. Or. or that's that's not entirely true. We've had our our friend a friend of the podcast, um, the goat Jeff Heath. Um, <laughs> he he was able to lay the smack down whenever you needed it, and he was always mm-hmm. good for make, making sure people got out of bounds or fumbled the ball out the back of the end zone. Or yeah, and I do like that you you slid that one in, uh, not to name drop, <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Heath, friend of the show. <laughs> but look, he's in the third year of a four-year deal, taken in the sixth round. Um, but on the cap, 880k, so hardly anything at all for a start in safety. Bear in mind, and to give you some some insight, I mean, I I went back and if you look at it, his uh, combine results, they don't really jump out at you. Much the same as our free safety. But bear in mind, this is what he did last year, uh, that he still managed uh, over a season where things were going wrong on the defense. Uh, 71 tackles, three and a half sacks, three force fumbles, two fumble recoveries and two interceptions. And oh, and three pass deflections just to throw that in um, for good measure. 
But in terms of what that is, I mean, that's not bad for a strong safety. Um, mm. You want to see some tackle for a losses in there, you know, because um, it shows that you're using him as a utility uh, piece. But for me, Donovan Wilson, I've said it before, because obviously being an Aggies fan and watching them, you, you obviously get to see the players. And one of the things I've said, which is still true of him now, is that he is overly aggressive. That's the only thing I will say. So you tend to see him over-pursue, and then he's got to double back on himself. I don't, It's not that I don't mind that. You want to see that aggression in the defensive player, but sometimes you do see him, and it, it'll throw him out of position. It's um, not a lot of control with aggression, is the, what you're kind of looking for. Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one, you yeah, know? You want, you want to see it in them hits, don't you, rather than, like you say, the, the overcompensating and, and over-shooting a player. You want to see it in the hits. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of sounds like me and my rookie season. I was too much of a hothead, too too jumping the gun, not thinking about it. So like, oh, I'm going to make a play, blah 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 blah, without realizing. Then I'm going full hundred percent pure aggressive. Then I'm like told by my coaches back there, it's like no, you need to calm down, you need to stop and think first, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just kind of goes back to that. Yeah, I mean the the athleticism is okay, it's adequate, um, it's, but I think. What what you've got with Donovan Wilson, the big thing that I like is just it's the grip and the hands. He's always been known for that. And he'll get them feet down too. Like if you was to say any of the players that on the defensive backside that can make you know, like that toe tap on the tram line to catch the ball, it'll be Donovan Wilson. He's that sort of player. Um but for you guys, right? You, Here's a crazy narrative. Some people, including our good friends over at Cowboy Zone, Marcus and Brandon, feel that Donovan Wilson should be cut. Ooh. Hmm. They feel that he could be a surprise cut uh, come re- uh, before the regular season. Do, do you know? It's, nah. it, it's, a, it's There they are down there somewhere. It's, it's, it's down here somewhere. Do you know what? they could be right, but then the only problem is then if we, if we're worried about the the depth and maybe the um, the play of this of this safety group, then if he goes, do, do you press panic button for that position then? Because it's they're very problem. light. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's it'd be very surprising. But then I mean, hey, we we brought in Ha Ha Clinton Dix last year and. You know, parted company with him before the end of training camp, so things can happen that can raise a little, a little eyebrow some of the time. You know, um, I'd I'd be very surprised because one of the things is that you know the the cover three scheme that's uh, we're employing this year is supposed to be something that will bring out that the strength of Donovan Wilson, have him mm-hmm. there as the the sort of rover you've got, you've got whoever's man in the free safety will be back in the uh, d- deep third and um, you know this gives him a chance to be the rover and break up the plays um, hate guys coming across the middle that sort of thing so um, and the good it's thing supposed with, to play into his strengths yeah yeah and when you look you you know when they draft Micah Parsons then and you talk about the cover three with Donovan Wilson and say Micah Parsons or even Jabril Cox that cover three system then becomes like 
it becomes so obvious. Do you know what I mean? You look at it and you go, ah, ah how lovely, how spicy, as we've said before on you. And it also gives you options in terms of who, you know, you're talking of Rover, who, who is playing the Rover position, really messing with quarterbacks' heads. It would be a surprise for a player that played 14 games last year to get to end up getting cut, especially when you think how thin we are. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think who's behind. Is it Darian Thompson? Is it Jerome Kers, that, maybe? That's yeah. Thin. You know, like, if, yeah. you cut him right, if you cut him now, who are you going to replace him with? Graham, yeah. you, just, you, just, you just said the exact same word I said from the very start about the whole safety position for Free Armstrong. It's thin. It just yeah, it, yeah. It, it, like I don't see us cutting Wilson at all. I think all the guys that we've got in right now are more likely to be kept on. There may be like the third stringers will probably get cut more than anything. Yeah, and I mean, let's use this as a segue because you just mentioned Darren Thompson that he's your, he's going to be your free safety, which is what he's played um, effectively. Um, now, this guy, a third round pick in 2016 by the Giants. Now, here's the issue I have, is this year he's 1.2 mil on the cap and he didn't really do a lot last year and don't forget he spent the year before injured. But his dead cap, if we cut him right now, 100 grand. <laughs> do it, do it. Yeah. That's so you just, you, uh, you, do you know what I mean? And like, So you, let's go through it. Darian Thompson last year. So we're looking at 43 tackles, one forced fumble, one interception, one pass defence. That's it. That's all we got out of him. For a guy that's like nearly one and a half mil on the car. It, it doesn't like, is it? Like, and I know that a lot of what you're saying is we're thin, so what are we supposed to do? You can't cut Thompson because... What are you going to fill it with? Because so you're kind of like you're in this motion now where they haven't addressed the safety position in the draft, which comes back to my uh, a point that I mentioned way way back when we talked about the defense before. Is I think they are going to go out there and look for a veteran defensive back to play in a, a free safety uh, position, but more in a backup role. Um, because we yeah, do but, have another free safety that we uh, took on uh, this year. Uh, that's the thing, though, mate. I'm sick of this trying to convert a corner to a safety. Like, I'm, um, I'm, 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 go on. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting for annoyed seeing it. Like, we tried it with Byron Jones, for example. It's like we should never move them there in the first place. Should have kept mm. them at corner. When we still had them. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, he was I mean, better at corner. You do normally when you convert a safety, it's normally normally an aging corner that's lost a, yeah, yeah. a step or so. Um, you know the guy, guys like Ronnie Lott and uh, Darren Green and uh, what have you. They started out at cornerback, and obviously as they got as they progressed through the league, started losing a step. To you know, weren't able to cover as well. That's when they became the free safety, the strong safeties for the the 49ers and the Redskins. Sorry, Washington football team. Um, <laughs> put, put some money in the square jar. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll help Snyder <laughs> pay off his bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are going deep on this one, aren't we? Huh? 
<laughs> but I mean, the, the 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 Cowboys, they they are no stranger to doing that, mind you, with aging. They, Darren Woodson started as a corner, and then when he they they needed to move him, they moved him. Turned out, it reinvigorated what he was doing and become. You could argue the last time we had a great safety was Darren Woodson. Do, do you know what would be, yep. be good to see? Kind of the comparison of who moved to that position. So, like you say, from either linebacker or, or cornerback to see kind of who really succeeded. At, not, I don't mean kind of Hall of Fame, constant Pro Bowl caliber, but you know I mean, someone that had a decent career kind of moving that way. Like I say, because. Apart from the few that you have mentioned, no one apart from them really springs to mind, do they? Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, well, we we had we had one in the seventies. Charlie Waters initially started out mm-hmm. at a cornerback, mm-hmm. and then obviously he he became a a force with uh, Cliff Harris. You know that you know Charlie Waters should be in if Cliff Cliff Harris has got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year or. Well, last year, um, you know, uh, Charlie Waters should be going in as well because he he was equally as important to the Doomsday def- uh, Doomsday Two defense, um, you know. And y- you've got guys like um, who was it? Uh, trying to think. The, the, there were a few from the sort of seventies that had that conversion. Um, you know, started out at cornerback and ended up when they when they were on the tail end of their careers in the in the 80, early eighties. Again, they were switching to safety as well um, to pick to pick up when uh, Waters and Harris retired. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know where you go in there, but I mean, the Cowboys have tried to help themselves this off season. By going out and grabbing a safety. You could argue they got two, but we know we've already spoken about one, and that was in the linebacker position. And both have come from Atlanta. Uh, the guy we're talking about is DeMonte Casey. Uh, now, this guy was taken in the fifth round. Uh, That's all the way back in 2017. Uh, now, he is on a one-year deal. That's 1.1 mil on the cap. Now, he does come with some injury concerns. I believe... Achilles, if I'm taking that yeah. right. Yeah, it was the Achilles one. Um, so he does come with uh, a bit of baggage. But the thing I like the most is, and we spoke about this before, about with Mike McCarthy, that you've got to try and um, train these guys up with limited contact. Turns out that that's slightly changed this year. Things are starting to move along nicely and change and all the rest of it. But in a year where you, um, you're trying to find a level of consistency um, uh, for what people are trying to understand what you're trying to do, when you've taken on a new defensive coordinator from Atlanta, he brings over two guys from his defensive team so they already know the scheme. They're already at an advantage, and they can explain to the other guys, especially like in terms of the defensive backs, what it is they're trying to do, what it is they're trying to control. And I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I mean that's. Sorry, the the salary that he does and who we brought in for mm-hmm. for the safety position position in particular, that is 
where we're having to shop for these guys in the discount yeah. bin because right, you want to keep Dak, you want to keep Coop, you want to keep Zeke, you want to keep Smith, you want to keep uh, Collins, blah, 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 blah. Who are you not paying? And right now the Cowboys are not paying safety. So yeah. the, mm. the, fact that they've, the fact that they've brought in guys that at least know the system gives them a leg up. The, they've, they've thought, right, we're not going to compete for the top guys. We're not going to compete for uh, pro bowlers. How else can we supplement the position? And they've gone, right, well, we know, we know at least because he can play the system. So that's a start. Fair enough, yeah. he may have an injury concern, but at least he knows the system and he can talk. He can spread the word. Um, the Achilles, yeah, it, it pro- let's face it, it probably will rear its head at some point during the season. Um, but that's what you get when you want to pay somebody a million dollars as opposed to like proper Pro Bowl money, unfortunately. I mean, you've seen, you've seen some of the salaries that safeties go for nowadays. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous, but they're the, they're the top. So we, we can't compete with that because we want to keep our offense together. Yeah, and the, the only thing I will say is, and I've said this on this show uh, before, about a year ago, that you don't find many teams, like we all want safety, and a good safety play will absolutely change a defense. We've seen it time and time again. Ask the Steelers, ask the Seahawks. They will tell you how important the safety position is. But how many times do you think a team or analysts have ever turned around and gone, See if we had a better safety, we might have won that game. There isn't mm. that much. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, oh man, we would have won that Super Bowl if we had a better safety. That's a fair, that's a fair argument. That's a fair argument. Mm. When you, when yeah, yeah. you you've been listening to Mickey Spagnola because that's one of his arguments all the time. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> well, no, I am not trying to steal from him. That, that was just something I I said on the show like many many moons ago. Um, just something that I, I've thought of before, you know, and I've seen an, uh, analytics on, on some of it. I'm not to say, you know, that you just discount it, but I think that plays into a bit the mentality of what the Cowboys coaching and scouting are doing when they sit there and go, yeah, yeah but really? And like, you know, we were talking about the cornerbacks last week. Yeah. And when you, and this is something that I've tried to explain to a few people before. Say you have two amazing cornerbacks, right? Two great cornerbacks. Is the offense that you're playing against still going to score touchdowns? Of course they are. They're still going to. They'll find a way to do it. So then when you stop and you think about it, you go, oh, right, okay. So what scares you more? Two great cornerbacks or an elite defensive line? Basically, like playing Washington football team. As soon as you go defensive line, everybody goes. <sighs> you start sucking yeah. air. Because that the, is where it's, it's the first line of defense. So, and, and it's basically the trenches is where it's all played. Hmm. And if you've got a great defensive line, which people are more afraid of, the corners will be able to do their job. And I feel that's what people need to be looking at more. And the Cowboys defensive line, when we went back through it, sure it's developing, it's getting better, but it still needs work. And I think that's why people pay so much attention to the corner and the safety back position for the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean my, my understanding of the safety position is that if if you see if your corner gets beat, 
it, it's nice to have a safety there. It's basically a safety valve, but he's not going to take over the coverage from the cornerback. You know, these quarterbacks can fit the ball into such a tight window that if your mm. corner gets beat, you're basically hoping that your safety makes the tackle a couple of seconds later. He's not going to be right there on top of the mm. uh, on top of the receiver unless he's in double mm. coverage. So say say Diggs slips on a play, you've got an extra, and the receiver catches the ball. You're not going to have somebody right on top of him. I think that's the point you're making, Mike. That if we had a better safety, we'd have won that game. These QBs can fit the ball into such a tight window that the safety is basically there to stop the big, like to limit the big play. I don't think he's there to stop it a lot of the time. So no, it's I, in the name safety. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I would rather yeah. have. I mean, they did they did focus on it, and I would rather have more focus on the cornerback position, the the initial contact, the initial separation, rather than the safety valve. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, but just to put things into perspective for you, um, the good news is is uh, DeMonte Casey has had an absolutely storming season. Um, yeah. It was all the way back in 2018, mind, 82 tackles, seven interceptions, and 10 pass defences. I mean, that is a crazy number for a free safety. That goes to show you that he was getting in there. And really, that's really what you're looking for from a safety is to just get their nose. Just just be disruptive and be a pain in the ass. Um, whether we get that back, because it was, as I say, 2018, a lot of things have happened with him, mind you, in terms of injuries, um, which will, of course, affect athleticism with safeties. We all know that, you know, defensive backs in general need to be the most athletic. And when you start messing with tendons, tendons, tendons down in the feet and the legs, it can mess you up there. Um, But have you guys got any take on uh, KZ at all before we move on? Well, I mean, again, one of the things that when we were talking about uh, the potential that we're going to be having a very young cornerback um, unit this season. Uh, one of the things I said last week is as long as your safeties have got experience, you don't mm-hmm. you don't want the, the entire secondary to be rookies. But, you know, some, somebody like KZ who has played in this league, has been successful in this league. I mean, he finished mm-hmm. at the Falcons with 10 interceptions. I don't think we've had... Um, I think Heath is probably the only one that's sort of had 10 interceptions in our in our secondary uh, in the same sort of time period. Just to add um, another, just to add a little fact there, he was the 2018 NFL interceptions co-leader in 2018. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, I mean, we, we've certainly not had that, that capability. So if we can even get a fraction of what... Uh, what he was back in 2018, if we can get that back. Just one, just one. (laughs) Just one chance. Ah, there it is. But But again, again, as we were were talking last week, you know, that the the, the safety, particularly the free safety, he's lined up. He he should be marshalling the, the cornerbacks, telling them that, you know, they're out of position by what? half a yard there or you know what have you marshalling the team making sure that this the secondary are all have got the calls right know what's yeah. happening and that's something we didn't seem to have last year whether it was they were expecting somebody like clinton dix to be that player 
Um, and obviously, when they when they decided to part ways with him, they just didn't have that experience last year. Having having somebody who's got the experience of the system that's coming in, um, an idea of what the coverages will be, and you know what to what to key on, um, sh- should give make us a lot better than last year already. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the positions where the Cowboys have to roll the dice simply because they pay so much on offense. But you you bring in a guy knows the system, knows Dan Quinn. Fair enough, he's had the injury position, he's had the Achilles problem, but if he doesn't have that that Achilles problem, he's not playing for the Cowboys because he's not going to accept a million dollars from a team. He's going to he's going to be looking for far more. So that's that's where we are with the safety position. If he comes in and plays 17 games, brilliant. We've won a watch. If he comes in and plays half, I think that's still quite good. Um, I mean, when you consider for a million dollars and he knows the system, um, but that's just what comes with with shopping in the discount bin. You're not you're gonna get a player with baggage. This bag the baggage being the Achilles injury, unfortunately. All right. Before we move on, I just thought I get uh, the Godfather to win. You got to take on Demonte KZ before we move on, Jay. I think, like you say, just probably the jury's are a little bit. Some, some, a lot of teams always look at the player. Especially, like you say, when you, as Graham mentioned it, like you say, you're the kind of the bargain basement players always look at the player of what he potentially what he was and not what he is potentially or what he's going to be. And I can't see him making much of a of a difference on this team. Like I say, he's, he's just going to be in and around a few players here and there. I can't see it being much more than that. That's no disrespect to the guy, but and we, I say, I think we touched on it before. Like I said. Probably with this team's not had a real decent safety since what well, since Darren Woodson. And to be fair, we've never we haven't had a real decent run stuffer since what since the since the nineties Super Bowl team. So that's that's the that's the, the two positions that we we need to start looking at. Everywhere else we've had decent players. Mm-hmm. But in those two since the nineties we've just struggled and yeah, and no, no disrespect to Jeff Heath. He's, he's not going to light up the league. And when he's the, the standout safety on your team, sorry, Bri, but... That's <laughs> <what>. <laughs> oh, Brian's going to feel attacked tonight, you know. Brian is angry typing as we speak. He's something in it, and I say no disrespect to him. It's when someone like that is, is, is your standout safety... You, you just know you're not getting the recruitment in that particular position right if that's through the draft or if it's in, in free agency. Yeah. And that's where you've uh, probably um, got to, yeah. It's hard to disagree with you on that one, mate. But let's move on to the next guy uh, that got moved uh, into the Cowboys locker room. That's J. Ron Curse uh, from the Vikings. Uh, he is 27 years of age, taken in the seventh round uh back in 2016 he's 1.1 mil on the cap um before we get into the stats on him you guys what do you make of uh this particular i don't know addition if you like um of j ron curse i i have brought up his um his numbers and it's no surprise he definitely looks like <laughs> a dan quinn guy once i give you the measurables 
do you want them now, or do you guys want to give me your take on what you feel about the addition? Has he got long arms? He has massively long arms. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. He's, he's, also, he's also six foot four. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's, six, he's six foot four, making <laughs> him uh, ju- well, just over six foot four. So he's in the 98th percentile uh, in terms of safety. His arm length is 34 and a half inches, 98th percentile. <laughs> uh, and just to add that to him, he's got the hops, not the vert, but the broad, 124-inch broad jump, puts him in the 73rd percentile. So, yeah, everything you expect in Dan Quinn guy. But what do you guys make of this particular addition? He's, he's a journeyman guy that, um, realistically, I think that the main thing he's been brought in for is another potential special teams yeah, um, that was exactly what I was thinking. Um, and, you know, obviously, I, I've actually seen reports this week that already he's considered he'll be one of these bubble players, actually, mm-hmm. that um, potentially could be, you know, he could be shown the door at the end of the training camp. So um, he, he's got to establish himself early on um, and obviously get, you know, you, you if nothing else, use this hard knocks to, you know, there'll be a lot of coaches and scouts that will be looking at this every week and seeing seeing what's being shown. Try and get try and get yourself picked up as one of the one of the guys that they feature as a storyline. Yeah, uh, and that that will help you prolong your career. Um, whether whether he does anything for our defense, I don't know. I've not seen enough of him on on defensive. Uh, <coughs> This defensive side of the ball, it's mostly been special teams. Yeah, and I've gone back and had a look at them. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking at. I, I mean, because like even the statistics show it. I mean, last year was probably his best year as a defensive player uh, 59 tackles and a forced fumble and two pass deflections. Um, and that is like by far his best year, nearly double what he's done in years previous. But uh, like you say, it seems to be more on the special teams. So whether that's come from more on the special, you know, as a facile guy, as opposed to a Dan Quinn guy. Um, but he does have the measurables that scream out at you, Dan Quinn. Yeah. Do you know, I, 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 I added the name Kirsten, I think. I, I always think that the, the, guy, the guy from, um, from Tennessee... Javon yeah, Kirsten. Javon. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm like, no, it's not. It's just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not that. We're not that lucky. Um, yeah. But we can we can move on to the next guy. Uh, it is Stephen Parker, who was an undrafted free agent in 2018, taken by the Rams. Um, he's on the Cowboys roster now in his second year of a two-year contract. Yeah, that's correct. And he's 850k on the cap. Um, this guy, 100%. I mean, he's, I think, I could you use him in a special teams role? I'm not sure. Because, I, I mean, he doesn't have much really in terms of statistics. I mean, literally, uh, I mean, last year for the Cowboys, he made five tackles. Yep. Yeah, That's I mean, he, he was. That was it. That was it. I got him. What are you doing? I thought he was. 
<laughs> when, when Mike says he hasn't got, and I thought, and I thought he was just going to just stick the knife and say he just hasn't got raw talent. That's what I honestly <laughs> thought you were going to say. <laughs> I'm not that bad. He's one of those players that benef- benefited from the COVID rules last year, where you were yeah. able to bring players up and down from, b- bounce them up and down from the practice squad, mm-hmm. um, and particularly and put them as, back uh, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is like the conversation we're having now. It's like it, it only goes to reinforce Donovan Wilson's position in the team. That's why I think they get, it's a little bit strange that there's talk out there of him being a surprise cut because we've just gone through Kers. We've called him, like, he, he had his best year last year. We've just given Stephen Parker the kind of COVID excuse. Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to get rid of these two guys and Wilson when you're already this thin? I think it's a strange one. I, I think, yeah, these two guys, they might end up in special teams, but I think Donovan Wilson's a solid, solid starter. I, I don't see where the... Um, but yeah, Stephen Parker five tackles. I mean, it's he's not a he's not a Quinn guy. So, um, and I went back and checked the measurables, and it's it's again nothing. I didn't even bother making it. I looked at it initially, seen a few numbers, and went. I'm not even bothering writing that down. Yeah, I mean, this this strikes me as a coach wants to see you bring your playbook early and hard knocks. Maybe- Maybe oh, no. he makes the practice squad because I think he's still el- eligible. Two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, he would he's not. It, it, no, it's the number. It's the number of games you play. I think is whether you you qualify for seasons years. as well. Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, just like you guys have all watched Hard Knocks, I'd imagine that the vast majority of the, the viewers have watched Hard Knocks. A lot see a lot of the guys that come into the the coach's office early. It's almost as if. It's just an acceptance. Like there's no tears streaming down the face. It's like, all right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. And, and they, they walk out the room and, and go and be a, a a doctor or you know a a graphic designer or whatever. You know, they, they go and do something else. It's almost as if, right, okay, have my chance. And I've not really got there. Yeah, and and just on top of that, these type of pleasures are well. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, to, live, just it, to live in the day for a week, you know. Does, does but, it but again, part- the kind of the, the desire of, of the players, and, and I know we keep touching back every now and again when we, we talk about D- Dak, when Dak came in, he wasn't obviously expected to to take the reins straight away and, and maybe take the reins up in a few years. But, but he, 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 showed, he showed what he was about from day one took the ball by the horn, so to speak, when, when Tony went down. And that's what you want to say from them fringe players. That, I mean, they're already backs against the wall because they're limited in reps they're going to get in training camp, in pre-season. So it's like, you need to go out there and like play is if you last play. Sometimes some of them just like, they can't be asked. And it's like, <laughs> if you want to play in the NFL, you've got, you've, you've got, you've, you've got to, you've got to seize every opportunity because like, as, as the old cliche says, you like, your next play could be your last one. Yeah, yeah. The the one yeah. thing I would say about the 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 sort of exit interviews that you see on Hard Knocks, I mean, part of that is as well. One of the criticisms of Hard Knocks is that these these are sort of almost scripted these uh, exit interviews because 
from the from the players' point of view, you don't want them cu- coming in and kick. You know, they don't want to be seen on tape kicking up a fuss, saying, "Oh, you know, you screwed me," and all this sort of mm, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because you know, as it's soon still as they a job interview. Open, yeah, and pot- yeah, yeah. potentially there's somebody else. One of the scouts for another team's said, "Oh, this guy's worth a look at." And then you go and watch hard knocks, and if you're kicking up, then you know maybe that that's a black mark against you. So a lot of these exit interviews have become so so scripted and, um, you know, run of the mill that, um, you know, you, you don't really see it. You could almost do by having cameras on every single training camp and just say, you know, af- after the fact, right, this is this is who we've picked this year. And, you know, it's, it's almost like a hidden camera show. Yeah. Um, and, and then you'd, you'd probably get a bit more reality. Yes. Um, but what we'll do is we will round up the safety position with a guy actually I quite like. And it wasn't until I started going through the measurables, I was like, that I can see what they've done here. It's very, very, uh, very tasty. We'll use the word again, spicy. Um, I know Heckma is out there and he like when we use that one. That is, of course, Tyler Coyle, uh, undrafted free agent from Purdue. Um, so obviously he's on his uh, rookie contract at the moment. Got his, his numbers, but I thought, first of all, I'd go into his measurables. Uh, <laughs> so the wingspan and the arm length, exactly what you expect with Dan Quinn. I mean, we've beaten that drum to death. He's in the 90 percentile in both. Uh, but you is what is interesting. Uh, he's six foot, 209 pound. He run a 10 yard split of one, five, seven. That, that is a quick get off. Uh, but what's more incredible is he finished with a 40 yard dash of a four, four, one, which is 90%. Up. Uh, 92nd. In fact, he had a vert though, of 39 inches, 87% out a broad of 133 inches, 96% out 20 yard shuttle of 402 90th percentile. And just to wrap things up, he went out and just crunched out 24 reps on the bench. Just pounding them out. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I mean, like the, the guy as well, just so you know, his last year of college uh, wasn't it was the, it was all right. Um, 64 tackles, uh, four forced fumbles. We got an interception thrown in there, a touchdown as well and 10 pass defenses. So he didn't do too bad. Uh, I know what you're going to say about Purdue, and I agree with what you're about to say. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. What's there is there's a lot to work with. And I think, me personally, this guy isn't being spoken about enough. And people saying, here's a guy you should be watching in camp. Nobody's saying it. I haven't seen any articles written about it. And I think that they should. Yeah, just to go yeah. in the back of that, um, I knew we were doing safeties today and I went through the safeties and I looked, just checked, double-checked again on ESPN. <laughs> Uh, Tyler Coyle, no overview, no news, no stats, and <laughs> <Nothing>. bio. <laughs> and you're going, right, okay, cool. Um, I mean, if he has a good camp, maybe. But I still yeah. think he has practice squad written all over him. Um, 
But you never it's... know. You never, never know. Yeah, I mean, like, you're thinking, put him on a practice squad, try and get him to develop, keep him in the building. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Unless, of course, we see that they've gone and strike, you know, it's this another one where they've struck gold again in the undrafted yep. uh, free agent market, you know, which we've seen them do before. But generally, I agree with you. And going off the back of that, a narrative of an undrafted free agent safety you know, coming yeah. screaming out the gate and making a roster spot. It's not really something you see much of in the NFL. Yeah. What what he needs is a Clinton Dick situation where one of one of our our pre signed kind of veterans has a stinker of a camp and they think, nah, this guy's this guy's done. And then all of a sudden everybody moves one place up the depth chart and then maybe an injury happens and you go, yeah. All right, okay. And I might be able to shout here and all all of a sudden, he starts running with the twos, and you think, right, okay, might get somewhere here. And yeah. before you know it, he's on the active roster. But right yeah. now, practice squad. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I think as well. We mentioned again last week when we were talking cornerbacks. I think Mukuamu's being moved to safety as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's and we, as we said with the the guys that we've got. As veterans, you know, there's a lot of these guys could be on the bubble. And that does mean that these guys that are, if they're coming in hungry for training camp, and they're, they're one, particularly again with the hard knocks, they want to put the tape out there, both in practice and on the field. You know, this is going to be their chance of making a name for themselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, come, come in hungry and you've got every chance of making this roster because. You know, we've we've just sit, sat here for the last half, well, half hour, forty minutes or so, and said, you know, this guy's potentially, you know, he's got issues. Um, we've got injury issues here. We've got questions about this, that, and the other. So any one of these guys, you know, it's it's happened before where we've we've picked up guys, guys like Bill Bates, who were never meant to make the roster. Yeah. And, <laughs> 15-year career, um, you know, mm-hmm. anything's possible in this league, and it it can. All it takes is a bit of luck, you know. Look again, you go back to the Dak situation. Day day one of training camp, Kellen Moore breaks his foot. Day, uh, you know, first first preseason game, Dak goes in, balls out against the Rams. Yeah, against the Seahawks, Romo. Goes down injured. Oh God! Here's uh, here's that starter, and you know it hasn't looked back since. Yeah, and you know we were speaking about Stephen Parker. There's still, like, say with you know if we stick with Tyler, there's still the situation because Rona hasn't gone away, where no. that could raise his ugly head. And you yeah. know we're talking about injuries. That is a you know we've got to treat it as a form of injury or a way to mitigate a player from playing. There you go. There's an option where he, he finds a way in again. Or yeah. not in again, but in, yeah, like you were saying, to run with the twos and try and show what he can do. Um, but, yeah, um, the only other thing I, I would say is you brought it up, Jamie, so we'll let you speak about this. You was talking about the Jabril Cox move, whether you'd like to see him move to safety. Um, I, I don't know so much about it like to see him move there but it's these are kind of the guys out there that you, sometimes you, you like to see on the roster that are a bit of a swiss army knife and they can play 
multiple positions. So where the where we're obviously saying that we, we, we're a bit concerned about the safety position. So then, will it get to the point where we sit there and like say like something like a Dan Quinn will sit there and say, Do you know what, I'm not getting enough production out, out of this safety. So do you know what, I'm I'm going to throw Keanu Neal back there. I'm going to throw Jubal Crocs back there. And, and do you know what, if if the ball out, then that's where they stay. Tough, tough, tough to the nat- to the natural safeties on this team because they obviously uh, can't ball out. And then it's then it makes you think. Then it, is it worth considering in free agency down the line picking up these bargain basement players when you've got a Swiss Army knife that can sit back there? Well, then go out and buy. I'm going to use Richard Sherman just for the fact. I mean, just for the fact that he was he was obviously one of the yeah. top safeties in the league. But do you go out and do you buy the bullet and spend all that money on a an elite? safety because you, you just can't take that risk on bargain basements anymore because they're getting beat out by Swiss Army Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I see where you're going there, but I think with the way the linebacker position is evolving and moving, mm. I think the Jabril Cox at linebacker is just like it's too good. It's yeah, too it's, good. it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's exactly it's, where it's going. It's the direction it's that it's going. I still can I still cannot believe we still got him <laughs> that late in the draft. Like like we we, we we kept talking about this on multiple occasions, like Jabril Cox. I know we're I know I'm kind of side moving from it's okay. Tomorrow, but yeah, no, no, no. Like we were talking you were talking about maybe getting them in the, the second round, perhaps. If we did if we, if we didn't take Michael Parsons. And stuff like that, so you're like, the on my board, we, he was a top 50 player. Yeah, the fact that we've got two top 50 players at that position now, mm. yep. So if, it's more if the evolution of the, the position. Yeah. If, if you're going to move one of the two, with either Cox or Neil, I'd rather move Neil just because we know that he can play that, that system in yeah, yeah, play yeah. that position in yeah. the Queen system, and, yeah. and yeah. just that the fact that. That Cox played so well at linebacker for LSU that you would want to at least year one anyway. You would want to you'd want to see the majority of his snaps played at linebacker. I'd, I'd, I'd be more comfortable with Neil moving to that position rather than playing linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would see on it as just watch for the two of them playing important roles at linebacker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you've got mm-hmm. Leighton Van Der Esch injuries issues. You've got um, yeah. Distances with Jalen Smith. Mm. Uh, we've just put a rookie in at Micah Parsons. You know, if, if they don't hit the ground running, there might not be the option to move them to safety because they're too important in the middle of the field. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but yes, that is uh, the positional series for the safety done and for the defence. So that's the offence, defence completely done. We have literally looked at every single player bar what we're going to see for sure. I I think we're going to see additions to the roster, which though, because we've done the breakdown series, you're all up to date with those players. So when we talk about them, it'll all be in the preseason show where we'll be talking all about hard knocks, uh, preseason games, matchups, camp, because uh, we will be getting inside scoop from the guys they're over there. We, uh, you'll be happy to know, we very annoyingly uh, prod them every now and then for some 
hot takes and information. Sometimes they don't like it, but what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, but just a very quick one before you guys go anywhere. We are going to put their details up on their packages. If you're going to a game this year, make sure you book it through Cowboys Experience for their game day packages and tailgate pies. They even do some uh, stadium tours. If you do book it, use the booking code UK Cowboys. Because guess what, guys? What happens when you do that? You get free stuff. And on that note, mind you, with Cowboys Experience, we did have a meeting with them last week. The stuff that is coming out, um, and especially if you are a UK Cowboys fan uh, or just outside of America, you will want to be listening to what's coming up. We will post all the information up because it is insane. You're going to absolutely love it. You won't even need to leave the comfort of your chair. That's all I'm going to say. No more than that for now. <laughs> um, but yes, next week, uh, it's going to be looking at the um, special teams and the coaches. Uh, and that wraps everything up. We're moving then on to camp. Uh, the only other news I'm going to add is if you're in the UK Cowboys fan group, I will be posting over the weekend details on how to join the annual Fantasy UK Cowboys uh, leagues. Uh you will see all five of us, plus Rich and Brian, uh, in on it as well. So they will all be in various leagues. Paul likes to think himself as a bit of a fantasy connoisseur. But really what he is, is a guy who's very good at playing craps. <laughs> Rolls them dice. Are we, ta are we starting <laughs> smack talk in the first week of July? <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sorry, mate, but... Mm -hmm. but, but I'm sorry, but who, who did so well last year? Me. Yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> for me, I took too many players <laughs> that ended up on Rona Protocol. Yeah, yeah. Which, Pop, you know, like, we're, we're in, like, a... What's that, Jimmy? Yeah, what'd you say? Paul had, all, Paul, had all ten, Paul had all ten teams. That's why he won. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, like, we're in, like, a, um, a league Cowboy, with... The Cowboys Creators League. Yeah, with all, like, various creators and everything. And, like, one week, <laughs> I it was really bad. I had, like, Tennessee and Minnesota, uh, quite a few of those players. And, like, that week, they didn't play. And, like, I <laughs> couldn't pick anyone up. My starting lineup consisted of a defense, a quarterback, and a tight end. I was like, there we go. What can you do with that? Like, <laughs> it was just horrific. And the quarterback I picked up off the waiver wire. <laughs> Fun and games. Fun and games. But they will all be coming up. We'll post the details up on how to join those leagues over the weekend. Um, might even set one up on a page. Try and get a bit of an international flow going on. People from all over the world on that one. Um, but. That is the end of the positional breakdown series for the defense. Uh, and from myself, Jamie the Godfather, Lorne the Senior, Graham the Cinnamon Stick, and Paul uh, the Buckfast, Mr. Buckfast. It is UK Cowboys TV. We'll see you all again next week. Ta-da. Okay, have a good one, guys. See you next time.